0: Of Run Podcast. What do you do? Mostly running now. Running. Yeah. at Bill! Look at Bill! coming on! coming on!
1: I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by Zebra. starts now. Welcome back, everyone. This is the House of Run Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Jason. House of at gmail.com is our email address. We'll get to emails at the end of the show or the midpoint of the show. Really, we have a lot to talk about. Tokyo Marathon, an American record in the 10,000. Mondo Duplantis set a world record. We're going to get a lot of songs in this episode. And I almost think if we go back in time about six, seven years ago, we, there probably
2: should have just been a Kipchoge song. I was just thinking that, yeah. This is uh, – it's an oversight to say the least because uh... – So, you know, it's not too late, though, because he's got another, I don't know, eight, nine years of this, probably. (laughs) I want to ask
1: you a philosophical question, Jason. Why is it in sports, when some people dominate, we find it boring, and then when others dominate, we find it fascinating? Why is that? That
2: That's a great question. Um, Yeah, it's... (laughs) it's tough cuz so in other like i said in most sports i have you know a team or something so it's like hey i'm sure there were some people in the 90s who got bored by michael jordan and the bulls mm-hmm. like you know like oh, the bulls are going to win every year as a chicago fan that was not boring at all but you know tom brady after a little bit i'm like i get it like it's fine he's yeah. he's the best ever that's great but like yeah it did get boring to me um but i see what you mean for an individual aspect and i guess it's just because then you have like a tiger woods or you have um -hmm. serena serena you know federer nadal like all these different guys uh and girls and and it's just yeah it's weird i don't know what the like where the you know the differentiating factor is between the like we're witnessing history let's enjoy every absolute second of this versus like Eh, all right, enough already. Like, I don't know where that line is drawn.
1: I think I figured it out. Okay. And I think, it, I actually didn't figure it out, but I just thought of this as you were talking. I think it's a couple things. One, Kipchoge, because that's who I'm referring to here, guys, if you didn't know. This oh, This is a long okay. way to yeah. talk about uh, Kipchoge. That, we're start, I know there was an American record. I know there's a world record. We're starting the show with Kipchoge. This is Without how, question. There this was, this was not, not even a
2: doubt in my mind.
1: Yeah. First of all, there's just there is the aesthetic quality to it and you could say all right the way certain tennis players play is is beautiful but running is a much more common activity than than playing tennis so I, we all can relate because everybody's run the other part of it though i think is you're not seeing him just against other people he's he's continually competing against himself and history over and over again, and I and I and I think that's that is distinguishing because if a tennis player or, or a golfer wins, it's like yeah they're winning against a different field, and I get you know you could set records for the most majors or the lowest score, but with Kipchoge, I just I feel like there's a much easier way to quantify all of it. So when he runs two o two forty, you can be like oh my god. <laughs> put the field aside that was one of his best performances ever and then he you know the next time he runs what is he gonna run 201 like what you can you can continually measure it which is why i think it's so interesting which is probably why people didn't get bored of bolt either now i know we're a track podcast so we're gonna be trans track centric and say all the people in our sport that dominated were interesting and none of the other people who dominated weren't but there was a point I was watching this and we were doing a live podcast over on the, the Flowtrack Podcast feed. And this looked a this looked so much like six or seven Kipchoge marathons. Yeah. And yet it was still terrific. We I knew exactly what was gonna happen, and Gordon and I were kind of having some fun during it. We were saying, all right, what's the chances that he wins? It's like and at the beginning, like before he started, it was like 90%. And then when it went down to just him and Amos Kiprutu with, what was it, 30? Were they still together at 35 to.
2: Yeah, think, I think it was around 36K he started to gap him a little bit.
1: Classic 36K move for Kipcho. Eh? All the greats do that. But at 35K, Gordon's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I said, what do you mean you don't know? I've seen this race a million times, but it's always terrific. And that's the f- – yeah, he does new things every time. He, his insoles come out. He does a breaking two attempt. He, he go, they go the wrong way. Like they did in this race. There's new stuff, but at its core, a lot, a lot of times it's the same race with him. And I could watch it forever. Like I, I, I said on that pod, I was like, we should stop talking and they should just put on classical music right now. <laughs> that's how, that's how I want to enjoy this. I don't want to be talking through this. It was my job. So I had to. Good job, by the way. But I want to just, like, sit back and 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 enjoy it and, like, let it seep in through my pores. That's what I wanted to do.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it, a big part of a Kipchoge as well is, is the infrequency we get to see him compete. Like, oh, that's obviously, yeah. two, three times a year max, you know, like, that we actually get this. And that is, by any standard, like, the lowest, you're going to see the greatest athletes compete. You know, it's like, it's... and and i guess you know it's the closest would be like the majors i guess for like tennis or golf or something like that i mean they're competing throughout the years yeah (laughs) boxing that's a good one um but it's like yeah you get these you it's so it's so few and you're absolutely right it's just something just amazing about it because you're right like on the surface it should be like well why is this exciting it's the it's the greatest ever like just Mm -hmm. methodically destroying another field like of okay yeah we (laughs) we saw it coming it's like there should be nothing surprising about it but it's he is and like we knew he was still the best in the world there was no question about that Mm -hmm. and the the goat conversation has been over for for years but like he's still in his prime like that's Mm -hmm. what i came out of this going because it was like we were like okay he's still the best but like is there a is the gap closed and you know only part of that's maybe because of the you know the ace place at london 2020 like was this Mm -hmm. the weird race but like we just were like okay he's still the best like how much is he the best and then watching this this was 100% like vintage top level kipchoge and oh yeah i just don't like part of me wonders and, and i don't want him to do it but like if he decided like hey i want to do another breaking 2 type thing like i'd be like i'd bet on him going faster like i think 15940 is like i would pick the under really I, I just, I don't, he does he hasn't gotten worse. Like, he hasn't. Yeah. I don't know. It seems insane. Wait. But, like, it just, it blew my mind just how, how perfect it looked.
1: We should do a pod. Put this on the list of things where I've said we should do a pod. We should rank all 18. Ooh, that's good. <clears throat> Maybe we should have done that today. Maybe that, that should have been. <laughs> I think that could be a full show, though. Like, that could be an entire. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you did. If you did rank all eighteen, <clears throat> and that includes the two time trials. Yeah. But I think you should do that, because listen, a lot of these races just turn into time trials with him anyway. So they're slightly aided races, but the, the result is this like nobody was beating him in Monza. Nobody was beating <laughs> him in Vienna. News flash for you. It's his what, his third fastest time ever on a legal course. Yeah. Right? Four Only fastest Berlin. First time in history, right? Yeah. Fourth fastest in history. So now he has Three of the top four. I I mean I, it would definitely go in the top half of his marathons. Which oh, I didn't I didn't
2: anticipate that. Yeah. It's probably borderline. It's probably top five.
1: Well, I feel like you gotta have the two Olympics there, don't you?
2: I mean for the stakes, sure. Like, I mean, yeah, we could always, you know, depend on that, but I think it's just
1: Oh, wait, you know what? If we're making this list, we don't have to make it like that because the fields are – we know the fields are harder outside of the Olympics. Yeah, so maybe, I mean
2: that's the thing. is like in the Olympics, you know, that, that matters a ton obviously. But like um, the one thing I'm absolutely sure of is 18 is the 2020 London Marathon on my rankings. That's the that's last.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then second to last is – was it 2013
2: – Berlin, Berlin, but in, got, and in that race he lost the, the world sir. record was set. Yeah, <laughs> like to you know, so like that was that was still an incredible race. Um, yeah, I mean, I just just looking at his pay and it's just the fact that he continues to do it, and it's, I mean, the thing with him, you know, because he's been doing, he's been a, a you know top level runner for almost twenty years now. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know not just the marathon, obviously, but going back to the five k, I it. It's impossible to not go, well, when does this end? Because mm-hmm, it has mm-hmm. to at some point. Right. But, like, I just don't feel like we're close. And I know it's at least going through the next Olympics. Right. Um, and the way he kind of talked about I, – I feel like at least two different times he mentioned, well, now I got four of the six. Oh, um, he's doing it. He's doing it. It's 100% happening now, yeah, which is, like, yeah. couldn't amazing. be cool. – Like, before it was like, oh, okay, this might happen. And now it's going to happen almost certainly. Like, yeah. this – we're kind of getting everything we want. It's like he's just going, you know what? Like I did it for me. Now it's time for it. I'm going to do it for everybody else. I just uh, let's let's all, all these things that people want me to do, you know, what? I'm just check these off the list too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and he didn't rush it. It's almost as if oh. he knew his career was going to span 25 years. So early on when he's going back to London all those years, I'll get to Boston eventually. I just really need to hammer home my superiority in London before I do that. Because now, yeah, his team's putting out graphics where it's got the ones that he hasn't won checked off that are world marathon majors, like he he's going to do it, and that makes me so happy that we'll get to see him in New York and and Boston, and we're going to get to see him in New York and Boston when he's still good, because as you mentioned, he might be in his prime right now. Like all that other stuff might have been just a warm up to where we're at. Um, yeah, I just feel I, like he's on a you know
2: <laughs> this is year eight of his prime. Like, or whatever, you know, it's like, if you go, hey, his first few years, he's feeling it out, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I know he won, you know, I mean, as far as majors, he won Chicago in 2014. Yeah, yeah. So, fine. Okay, maybe that's, you know, that's, that's him getting warmed up, 204. Okay, then he wins London, 204. And then he wins Berlin the next year, 204. And then he, you know, wins the, wins London again. Like, so, okay, he, he starts his prime somewhere in 2014, 2015. But, like, I just don't think it's over. Like the prom, the the prom, like, or it's not even, of course it's not over, but it's not even declining. Like it's just this impossible bar that it it just, it keeps blowing my mind because we said four years ago, like no one should be able to do what he's done in the marathon. And since then he just continues to do it.
1: Yeah. He's, he's hasn't missed the only, the only marathon season he's missed is spring of 2020 because of COVID since he started. So he's now at – eight. he's at 18, as I mentioned. Two more time trials. You want to take those out. He's 14 and 2. Like that's just impressive. Like I don't know. It just beggars belief that he's able to keep doing it. And if he goes through 2024, then he's going to get the three marathon golds, which no one has. He's going to get the New York and Boston. And then the question is just like what's – can anybody in the next generation do anything – to match that. Because the the cool thing about Kipchoge is, yeah, okay, a lot of this was, you know, his career overlaps with shoes, obviously, because Breaking 2 is all about shoes. Really, right? I mean,
2: that was the whole... They're selling shoes. Yeah, I, I mean, that, I, yeah, I, I, that I was that was the goal from, the, from that end, for sure.
1: Right, and... But it doesn't... The shoes don't even matter anymore because he just wins every time. It's like they're all wearing the shoes at this yeah. point. And so all those thoughts from three years ago or four years ago or whatever is like oh yeah these times don't matter anymore all right dude don't even list his times just say that he's 16 and 2 and list where he's run faster than anybody else in history because right now that's the berlin course the london i guess that goes into times but yeah. it's like look at him versus contemporaries it's just preposterous the record i on this week in track i i said that you know, we, and we, you and I talked about this, was it last year when we started talking about how he should be in the greatest athlete of all time conversation for, yeah. like, all sports? Okay, yeah. Because I, I resurfaced that again after Tokyo, and I'm going to keep doing it until more people in the track community start, um, I don't know, bugging people when they make lists. I don't really know what my <laughs> end goal is. So I really think about that. But, like, and maybe it's just because I watched the Beatles doc and, uh, and I'm really influenced by it. I just was thinking, like, outside of sports. Like, the level of consistent excellence and also just, like, staying power, like, I thought of the Beatles. Yeah. I thought of them. Now, that's art, so it's in the eye of the beholder. But, like, I looked at the – the and this is a lot of research on my part. I looked at the Rolling Stone top 500 album list. The Beatles had five in the top 50, I think. Five wow. in the top – something like that. They had five – like, five – I don't even think anybody else had two. And they had five. And it's like, all right, that makes sense. And then you just think about, oh, just all the songs that people still hum along to today and sing. And I just thought Kipchoge is going to – like I think we're going to talk about his marathons in 20 years like we talk about everybody's like favorite Beatles record. Like what's your favorite one? Like what was your favorite Kipchoge marathon performance? Um, because it's just, it's just him and everybody else at this point. And – the influence that he's going to have on on the next generation is huge, and just the you know the no wasted output, right? Everything is good. There's like there's no even his okay. You say the London thing was bad, and that one, and so this is hindsight. Um, but the whole the weather being crap, oh. the, the loop oh, yeah, course, like the like the we make fun one of the. Ever yeah we we yeah, we make fun of the whole like his ear was clogged thing, but like you know, to continue the the parallel here the the Beatles had Michelle as a song, and you know everybody's like that sucked, so <laughs> you're allowed, I guess one, you're allowed one bad, bad piece of art, but like, yeah, I mean, what was it pre said races are a work of art, like Kipchoge's really are like these things are are amazing um if only there was a way to commodify moments in history and sell them to people in a way that nobody <laughs> understands, I would buy a lot of them.
2: Uh, you know, if there's one thing that could get me into NFTs, it might be Kipchoge. <laughs> that's that's the only situation where I can see you being remotely interested. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot there. I jumped around no, a lot. No, but like,
2: just... I, I, like, you're not wrong. And like, it's, again, the way I see, see it is, and I know like, whatever, the Tokyo course has changed over the years, whatever. But yeah. so he breaks it by like, what a minute and a half i don't even know I mean, something just, like yeah, yeah i think the, the record was right around 204 they he cost himself maybe what 10 seconds in the mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. they going the wrong direction yeah he of course had his usual like just smiling down the last five k yeah. as he's not even breaking a sweat it seems um so i mean probably would have been you know his second fastest time ever like tokyo yeah. is a is a fast course but it's not a berlin or dubai fast course from, Maybe it hi- is. from just history. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean two oh four is great, <clears throat> but that's like run of the mill mm-hmm. kind of by, by by today's standards. Um Right. So just just again like you know, just demolishing another record and
1: well the field too. Because don't forget, I mean they neither of them finished, but Garamou and Legesse are in this race. Legesse yeah.
2: well, Legesse didn't
1: start, Garamou drops out. But still like that matters. Because that just speaks to his excellence. He's never had to drop out. He's never scratched any of these races. As I mentioned, the only time he's missed a marathon was spring of 2020. That's it. And then the guys remaining are pretty dang good. There's, these guys are close to the best group that you could assemble. That are there.
2: Oh I, yeah, this was this was a you know London greatest field ever assembled type field. Yeah, it did It was yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it didn't have like six guys under two hundred five or anything, but you have that good a field, and what always happens: there's one person who's able to make it through, keep up with that pace. And this time, it was Amos Kipruto, and everybody's like, "All right, well."
2: By the way, Chris, he's way up on the list of happiest second place finishers. Oh in my history. gosh,
1: he was so pumped, and I would be too. He, I would I, be ecstatic. It like was amazing. he
2: was, he was just pure joy. And like Kip, and then he goes over to Kipchoge, and Kipchoge is congratulating him and like giving him the, the head yeah. like because it's, it's like, hey, first of all, I mean he runs his you know he runs his PR runs yeah. like a top ten all time time, um, and losing to Kipchoge doesn't count as losing like that's just yeah. like that's yeah. you don't get, go in knowing that you stuck with him for thirty six k like that's pretty damn good um right. by by any by any stretch so
1: yeah so and yeah. here's what we're not noticing because Kipchoge won't relinquish the throne is we're still in this golden era of marathoning on the men's and women's side. Like oh, yeah. that, that performance two is incredible. Even, I mean, even corrected for, if you want to do a correction for shoes, it's just, that's a crazy good performance. And he's beating all these guys and he beats the guy who's really qualified going in, who has the best day of that group. And he's able to match it every single time cuz you could look back and say oh man only 30 seconds not that decisive maybe he's he's losing but this is what happens every single time just like uh, was it Berlin with Gueye Adola where he was, yeah. Adola was actually leading in the last 2k and then Kipchoge is like no it's mine thank you yeah. and you're like man Adola next next big thing um and that didn't that didn't work out right that was what Adola ran 2 or 3 2 or 3 mid and it, it, since then I mean he hasn't run He's run two o four high and a uh, one two o five. That's just been it, right? Like he's able to like absorb the best guys' best performances because he's not he's not ducking competition. He's obviously London never yeah no, made it easy he on he him. Sought and, it out yeah exactly. Th- this field didn't make it easy on him. The Olympics he doesn't get to choose. As I mentioned, those. Those time trial races, you don't blame him for, for doing them and taking a shot at him, and obviously how he performed on that day. It's not, he's never not had it. And I know we've said that phrase a million times, but every time he runs a marathon, I need to just repeat the fact that he's never not been able to deliver. And was it, I think it, it was either you or Alex Hutchinson, um, the two great exercise scientists of, of this era. <laughs> well, we were either recapping Breaking 2 or we were talking about Something Kipchoge related, maybe Vienna or something, and just the pressure of everybody watching him on that day, and he still didn't wasn't overwhelmed by it. The whole oh. event was set up around his ability to run under two hours or as close to as possible. And even in the first one, the two oh twenty five was way closer than any of us anticipated, which seems yeah. ridiculous in retrospect. That should have been the last time we, we doubted him. But the pressure to carry an event like that, or the pressure to step to the line when you have this incredible record, and you got the best guys in the world, he just never has an off day. I, I, it's it's remarkable.
2: Yeah, I just yeah, I can't can't say enough about it. I'm pumped that we're going to get you know Boston, New York, um, you know, presumably in the next couple Ooh, couple marathons here.
1: I got an idea. Yeah. Remember, remember the plan a long time ago was you were going to go watch the London Marathon from New York because of the right. time zone change. I think you should your first trip to New York should be for Kipchoge.
2: That's pretty good. It's not a bad idea at all. I might have to. Uh, yeah, I will definitely have to consider that. That would be incredible.
1: Um, what? Okay, we talked all big picture and super big picture, and I even got to shoehorn in the Beatles, so that was cool. But the from the the race itself, did anything? Did anything surprise you? Did anything get you a particularly, like, I don't know, not doubting him because nobody doubted him, but but did you find any of it just, uh, any of it off script at all? Because I didn't.
2: No, I mean, it was, it was kind of the, the, you know, the usual thing of like, hey, I'm just going to, like, we'll start off in a pack, and then I'm going to get it down to five or six, you know, halfway through the race, and then I'll make some big move you know, in the next 10K at some point, and then there'll be two or three of us. Mm -hmm. And then if you guys are still around with 5K to go, I'll just go, all right, enough. Mm -hmm. And and like, it's just, it's so, it's just like he can do it whatever, however he wants. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I, I I don't know. I I mean, you know, never can like fully look inside his head, but I I, I would just love to know like what goes through his head Mm -hmm. in these moments where it's just like, okay, well, let's see, I'm... Uh, if he's still running at 35k okay i'll start just slowly increasing the pace there we'll see how he does yeah. that and then oh i gotta get eggs later at the store so i'll do that <laughs> and then like I, I just don't know how he's yeah like what his thought process is but it was so just methodical yeah. and and perfect
1: i wonder you can't climb inside his head or any of these other or anybody's head actually that's science uh I wonder how much doubt there is in the field when it's just you and Kipchoge. Because it has got to be a lot. And then on the other side of that, there has to be just unmeasurable levels of confidence for Kipchoge, knowing that he's actually run a 159 before. And the guy next to him, he's run 204, 205, which is, okay, cool. That's great. But I can go to a place you've never been before. And I wonder if that is something that goes into his head in the latter stages, and that's an advantage he has over people who nobody's been at his level of dominance, but other dominant people, his best is just so much better than their best. And so he never is really downing himself, but I would wonder if he thinks that because you think even the best marathon and the thing is so long that someone makes a move with three miles to go. You're like, Oh, I don't know if I can do it where he knows, Oh, I'm on two or three pace. I know I can do this. There's like no doubt in my mind I can do this. Yeah, I ran that 159 with a bunch of pacers, and on the most beautiful street in the world. But I still did it. So there's no reason why I can't do it right now. Because he 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 was in control, and it's not even like he respond. He had to respond, but if he d- ever did need to respond, he always responds as well too. This was just total control. I never saw any weakness from him at all.
2: Yeah, that and that's the thing. Like I just can't imagine. You know, and it's all the the absolute best of the best. Like, don't the the confidence and that they have, and that they probably take from their competitors. You know, it's like the guys. You know, for a long time, being paired with Tiger on Sunday was like guys would kind of fall apart, and Tiger would thrive on that. Jordan would thrive. You know, yeah, on these fourth quarters. Like, it's it's like these these best guys. They just go like, I just it, it's a different state of mind that I can't even pretend to get into because like. I yeah. just would, would choke so ethically. Um, that. But like, it's it just the, the supreme confidence. Like, it's just got to be beyond just anything. Like, I can't imagine doubt entering his mind for a, for a second.
1: But he seems to elevate everybody. And maybe it's because it's just distance running, so there's not a technical element to it. But remember, Bolt, Bolt got in Gatlin's head, obviously. Yeah. In that final in 2015, it, yeah, you know, it's not these guys aren't crumbling when they're running next to Kipchoge. They're all running lifetime bests. His are just better than theirs and I wonder too because you think okay let's just compare him to Bekele Bekele's the second fastest guy ever but Bekele's DNF'd every he has the world marathon major like he's got the career grand slam of DNFing (laughs) I think um, so there's gotta be like doubt in his head don't you think whereas Kipchoge's literally never DNF'd a marathon
2: in his life no that's it's a great point, yeah, where you know, and obviously, yeah, big Be- big Haley being one of the you know, the GOATs, you know, you put his track career obviously up there with just about anybody. But yeah, there 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 was the mystery and it's just again, it's it's the ability it's not just that he's dominant because, you know, people yeah. are dominant and but it's the like not obviously a hundred percent unbeatable because it it's happened, but it's it's as close as you can possibly get. So even mm-hmm the best you know those best tennis players and golfers who who have the all-time things it's like oh they lose you know four or five times a year or three, mm-hmm. three to whatever yeah and, and they win win the majority and that's that's so hard to do um especially the amount of times they're competing but it's like it's, it's this just invincibility factor that he has um not competing that often and when he does he just doesn't ever have an off day
1: yeah, Fewer opportunities but that also means he's got to be on it every single time, um, right?
2: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's, and it's a such a brutal event. Obviously, like I mean, so many so many things can go wrong in a marathon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like how we were gonna like zoom in on okay, technically, what happened in this race, and we just get back yeah, to I was... talking big picture. <laughs> I think you have to though. You have to because this is just one piece of his career, and it just it looks so familiar. It looks so familiar to me. And then you get he's breaking all these conventions of okay, yeah, but eventually (laughs) something's gonna happen. And just the control, the control the entire time, I thought is remarkable. And if we thought 2020 London was a sign of things declining, it's just okay, since then he ran the airport one. Okay, whatever. But 204, even though it was a tune-up and not a real that one would be low on my list all the time. That might be 16 or something like that. But then he comes back in the Olympics and just looks like him, his old self. Yep. And then this was just so dumb. I mean, just f- fast too. Yeah. That's I mean, the I mean, sh- it, it should the have shoes been a second. Didn't get time better.
2: Ever. And like, yeah. So it's
1: yes, exactly. Because it was only because, what
2: you know, two, three seconds slower than London, and you know, going the wrong way and everything else.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, this easily could have been two hundred three thirty or two hundred two thirty. Excuse yeah. me. And I mean, the shoes are the same as. The, you know, London 20, I mean, aren't they? Or they're close to it, at least. I think least. so, yeah. I at mean, least
2: they've, they've put caps on, you know, the, somewhat of the technology, so I think so.
1: Right, right. And so if it's his second quickest time outside of those, those majors is still, or those uh, time trials, it's just still remarkable. Okay. Let's, uh, women's side of things, which was also fast. Yeah. Incredibly fast. Cause guy goes uh, to 16.
2: She to, stays to in the big three. Does not get eliminated from the big three.
1: Yeah, 216.02, that'll keep you there. This this race was quick, too, but she was at her best when she needed to be. becare was second, 217.58. Then Gebre Selassie, 218.18, Tanui, 218.42. Uh, Gebra Keaton, 219.10. And then Sarah Hall was on American record pace for a while, and then she slowed in the back half, ran 222.56. But, yeah, I mean, Koskai... Cosky, uh, Jep, Cosky, and Jep, cheer, That's the, that's the three right now. We have a clear three, and I don't know when we would see all three together again, but that's the sad. You know, my first priority for the fall is Kipchoge in New York. My second priority is those three in the same race. Might need to wait a while though. I'm, I don't know if that's gonna be a London 2020. Oh wait, no, To no, London's in the fall. Well, I
2: say London's in the fall, so we could yeah. You know you know they'll pony up the, the entry, you know, the, the appearance fees for it. So there's a chance. I bet I mean we get at least two of them, I bet, in London. I uh, hopefully all three. But.
1: Yeah, I want all three. I want to settle this this big three debate. Everybody's having this debate, Jason. I want it to be borne out on the roads, though. Um yeah, I mean I think that the time surprised me a bit. I thought she could win, but to go two sixteen, number three all time and her second fastest is Maybe part of that's just I don't know this Tokyo course that well. I need to get yeah. there. I haven't been there. And it's, and it's hard when you
2: have Kazgai, who's, you know, shattered the world record. So it's mm-hmm. run 214. So we know her her ceiling is just insanely high. And then you have Kipchoge, who, obviously, another world record holder, ceiling insanely high. Mm-hmm. So it's like the course is at least reasonably fast, obviously. But, like, Tokyo doesn't have the history of the crazy fast, but it also doesn't usually get these caliber of runners Right. Like, to this extent. So it's kind of hard to know yeah. exactly, but... Um, well, Legese yeah, had
1: d- been there. Legese had been there, and Salpeter had been there. But you're right. You're talking about, well, the greatest of all time on the men's side, and then on the women's side,
2: I don't know what she was The fastest be. of all time, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She'd be ranked somewhere up there. Yeah, these these two will make any course look fast, but I think, other than going the wrong way, this thing's still pretty, yeah. pretty quick, too.
2: But yeah, and then, you know... I agree. Though running two sixteen, I mean, she—it's not like she had been bad. I mean, she, you know, whatever the Olympics, she finished. She finished second. You know, yeah. two twenty seven. But whatever, it's the Olympics. We we know that's not generally fast. Uh, London, she was fourth, but she ran two eighteen, and you know, it just is like, okay, she's run two eighteen a bunch and two fourteen once. Like, yeah, it's hard to know what to come out of that. Dropping two sixteen, obviously, you know, third fastest time in history, and mm-hmm. it's—I mm-hmm. I mean. It's silly to say she needed it, but like how g- strong the top of women's yeah. marathoning is right now, like she kind of did because it's it's probably going to take these kind of times, at least on fast course, 216, 217 minimum to to compete. You know, with like I said, those those three.
1: Agree, agree, hundred uh, percent. She did everything she could, though. I don't think there's anything... Oh, yeah. No, in, this,
2: like I said, this un, unquestionably puts her right on that same level. Yeah. Like they're all all they're all right there.
1: Yeah. But same thing with Kipchoge. Not that he needed to prove anything, but he, that was at the high end of predictions, I think. If you ask me oh, yeah. ahead of time. Like, what's he going to... What's possible? Like, su- I probably would not have said sub 203. I would feel good about sub 204, but I don't like that. To do it like that, and for her 216, I thought, okay... Look at the field, I was like, she can win with like a two seventeen high, which I mean <clears throat> the field is really good too. Two seventeen high was second place, but to go sixteen low was, was was incredible. Um so good job, Tokyo Marathon. Good job. Yeah. Good job.
2: That yeah, was no, great. And, and like the weather was great, you know, slight breeze, yeah. I guess, on the end, but like it, it, it did set up for fast times too, which you know, which helps.
1: All right, let's talk about Grant Fisher, American Record in the 10. So we can play the song. I think we should play the song now because I almost need a break. Yeah After that That was a long Tokyo That's a good point Segment So here is The Amer- Actually also Chris Nielsen Set the American record In the pole vault So this is, we're split. this There two. we go Yeah Yep yeah, Yep yeah. So uh, It's the first of two songs We're gonna play But this one is for uh, Grant Fisher Hey man Did you
0: see that record No not a world But an American record Maybe it was a world record too It was the best performance by an American citizen or a relay composed of American citizens and an athletics event within the United States or abroad Hey man, do you see that American record?
1: Okay, twenty six thirty three,
2: Jace. Yeah, so this I mean, obviously just a few weeks ago we had him running twelve fifty three indoors, and mm-hmm. there was like talk about like, hey, what is this what does this mean? And I weren't sure. And you know, it was hey, it's shoes, Boston's really fast, who knows what's going on. And then he kind of just was like, Okay, fine, then I will run twenty six thirty three. <laughs> Barefoot I will <laughs> I will beat one of the best 10K runners in the world Mm -hmm. um, in a just phenomenal race, too. The two of them, like, I mean, times were incredible, but also seeing them, like, kind of push each other, and then Ahmed looking like he was going to win it, and then, you know, Fisher coming back and and now kicking him, basically, was was phenomenal to watch. Um, Yeah, it was just, I mean, it obviously completely cemented, like, Grand Fisher is on the short list, like, as you know, one of the, one of the uh, metal favorites.
1: Metal favorite.
2: A metal favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I think he's on the, I think he's on the list with, you know, just three. It's like, there's, there's probably three, four guys who would be in there. And I think he has to be on there now. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, was it fifth I don't last know what year? else
2: you want him to do, Kevin. What does he need to do? Well, twenty six thirty. 26 It beats Mohamed. I don't know what else, what else we want.
1: I want him to beat Joshua Chepty-Gai. Um, I guess, it, I mean, it depends what you define as medal favorite, right? Like, Because uh, he was, what, fifth last year in the Olympics, wasn't he, in the 10? That sounds then, right. Was he top eight in the five? Do I have that? I have
2: that in card? my head, a medal favorite would be like, hey, he has a better than 50% chance to win a medal.
1: Yeah, so you, have, you obviously have Cheptegei. Yep. You obviously have Borrega, who won it last year. You have someone like Kip Limo, who's run, I think, exactly that same time, twenty six thirty three. And then you figure there's going to be somebody who Ahmed uh, and well, yeah.
2: I mean, like that's. I mean, like those are those are the guys. At least in the group, you're right. There's other guys, you know, and there's fast times and stuff all you know the time. But just and obviously, hey, he's he's run two ridiculously great races in February and March, and you know the season's long, but um, I don't know. I'm I, I, I'm all in. I think he's. I, I think okay. this is a, just. A, I mean, it's not <clears throat> surprising or, or hard to say that this is a huge breakout. Like he's he's this is like him.
1: Yeah. So you we know, have
2: obviously fifth is fifth is really really good, but I think he's clearly stepped up a a notch since then.
1: It's actually interesting though. I'm looking at the results from the Olympics. Borrega won, which was to me a little bit of an upset, but
2: yeah, he's still really good.
1: He's running indoors, running faster. case. chapter guy was second, world record holder. Look up his time if you want to see something <laughs> not crazy. bad. Uh, Kip Lima was third, as I mentioned. Then yep. fourth was uh, Barahu Aragawi, who just who indoors ran an insane three k. Um, and then Fisher was a couple tenths behind him, and then Ahmed was right behind Fisher. Does Ahmed have a, a Grant Fisher problem? No, um, maybe. And then, then there is that next year. But someone like Ronix Kipruchu, I could see getting in the mix. I mean, he had that ridiculous road. Five K too. So yeah, I don't think he's at the stage where it's like him and med are in that group. Well, med's already been in that group because he's a medalist, but you got the two gentlemen from Uganda, then you got Ethiopia, whoever Ethiopia sends, whoever Kenya sends, and that's it. Like that's the maximum amount of people who are gonna beat him, I think. <laughs> Unless there's somebody just completely new that pops up. So you start off with these good odds and then you just you just build from there. I guess I'm curious about what the yeah, as I always am. Like, what's that race going to look like at the World Championships? But it's been trending. I mean, that last year wasn't. Fast. What was it? Twenty six? I'm sorry. It was twenty. It was. I'm getting my years mixed up. World Champs was fast, right? Olympics wasn't. Do I have that right? That sounds right. I mean, they're all. Yeah, twenty seven forty three was World Champs. I mean, he, he. I mean, he was three seconds back in the medals, I guess. So, um, no, he's he's to answer your question your sarcastic question there's nothing more he could do it's just it's tough to figure out what a 10k in the beginning of march in a super duper controlled time trial means um and because he was already starting from a high point i think we kind of forgot he got fifth just because american distance running's gotten so good yeah that 10 years ago 15 years ago we would have said wait what like that's crazy
2: uh, no i i think that's fair, but i mean like he literally and i agree it's early, but he's also you know he's relatively young he's twenty four you know he went from being a thirteen oh guy and i don't remember what his ten k p r was before this probably uh his ten k p r before this it's probably i don't know twenty seven ish um twenty seven eleven yeah so like i mean and all of a sudden be able to drop twenty six thirty three it's <laughs> pretty good i mean like that puts first of all, it's like a what, top ten all time time. So sure, that's that that already. That's like, hey, if this if the race does, if it's a twenty six forty final, which you know can happen, It doesn't happen often, but it can happen. Th- th- there's going to be no race that's out of his league. Like they can't just run away from him. Um, he's he ran twelve fifty three indoor five k. Like he could probably run faster that. So like he's going to have the speed and that. So he's going to be able to play. Yeah. However, this race goes out, and yeah, immediately yeah. that just makes him have a have a good chance. And you're right, like fifth, you're right. Probably, I was probably underrating Grant Fisher coming into this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also like there's a big difference between like thirteen oh twenty seven ten. Yeah, yeah, twenty six thirty, and you know twelve fifty. Yeah, like, it's it's just a massive leap. No, no, I agree. I
1: agree with you. I I think he's definitely better. Are those other guys worse? This year. And maybe maybe they are just a little bit. Maybe one. All it takes is a couple of them being a tiny bit worse. Or he's just going to be so much better that he's going to be able to contend with that group. I guess I'm just thinking, what's the track record of Insane Barman Track Club time trial? Like, how does that correlate to, like, success? Because we've had a couple of these now, right?
2: Yeah, the thing is, I guess, because we mainly... And, you know, I'm sure there was some before, but, like, these mainly happen, like, pandemic, you know, they, they had those, the, all yeah. those crazy ones. And we just haven't had that much happen after that, you know, like, but there's just not that much. It's not like, well, it hasn't worked out in the 18 months. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's like, or, you know, 12 months of the weirdest running ever. Um,
1: well, hold on, though. 19 was when Kincaid ran that 12.58. I think that Kickstarted this, if I'm remembering it right. Yeah, and that's fair. And like, but that you was know. after World Champs, or like right before. Remember, he didn't get. He didn't have the standard, so he didn't go. That was the yes. Chelimo paced the Bowerman Track Club thing. Um, but I mean, he's obviously developed into a great runner. You know, he made Olympic. He made the Olympic team in in 2021, and then I guess that other one was the Chris Schweizer and the Shelby Houlihan one, right?
2: Yeah. And or so Shelby, we obviously well, yeah,
1: that that didn't go well. Um, was that twenty? That must have been twenty.
2: I think that was twenty. Yeah,
1: yeah, fourteen twenty six for Schweizer on July tenth. I mean, yeah, and then twenty twenty one. She you know makes it the five and the ten. She's not a factor, but it's like tough because that women's. I would say, so and,
2: and I think the gap to the elites in the women's versus the men's. Sure, like Fisher was already closer. He finished fifth, you know, before this.
1: Yeah, I guess the – but, like, the year before Schweizer ran – I mean, she got ninth of the 5,000. She kind of stayed the same. It was one, one race that so I don't want to read too much. of And then the other one was Mohamed. He ran the
2: 1240 – was it 1248? Yeah, something like that. And he, you know – I mean, he, but he, medals, but... yeah, he was medals. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was already a medalist. So that's yeah. – I guess it's kind of tough. But I feel like we should be able to have more um, – more data on like no, no more about it. I I what I think is when you get to that level, like all you can ask for is to be in the mix, and he's definitely in the mix. He already was in the mix. Now he's certainly in the mix. And then it just comes down to you know small things on that day, positioning tactics. You know your 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 preparation, getting that little extra out of yourself. Unless you're just a transcendent dominant at you know if you're a Mikaela, if you're a Kipchoge, if you're a Safan, that's different. But for the other people who are, you know, elite of the elite of the elite, but not greatest of all time category, it's and there's it's a second here, second there. It's just going to fluctuate, right, based on weird, weird, you know, moments on the day. Yeah, Med was 47. That was July 10th as well, 2020. So I also think think... some. Sorry, last point. Yeah. Sorry, I also think some of these athletes have like they're better than their PRs indicate not that I was gonna say Fisher's like a 2633 guy no but he was clearly well like he didn't break he didn't run under 1310 in the 5000 until last year and he closed in 1310 in this 10k in the 5000 I mean I know he got a lot better but I mean some of that's just like he never had those opportunities to run or he wasn't ready at that moment and you see, not everybody's going to be ready at the, that moment. Look at the other... I mean, some of these... You know, McGordy ran fine. tavate ran fine. But there were plenty of other Bowerman got... Men and women on both sides of this thing who, like... I mean, they weren't bad, but they weren't, like, transcendent. Right? Like, I mean, Kincaid paced. He didn't run the whole thing. Yeah. Right? So it's like, all right. I'm thinking if, if he was in 20... If they thought he was in 26-30 shape, he would have run this race. So... Not everybody's time is right then, and all these things need to converge at the right time. But I think sometimes it's weird to say this, but pro runners spend more time racing in races slower than their true ability than any other level of runner. You don't show up to your first JV cross-country meet, and you're like, I'm just going to control the pace in the front, guys, and kick home with a sub-six-minute mile. No, you go flat out from the gun every race all the time. And then you – so your PRs eventually match up to your ability. Pro runners don't do that. So I think a lot of times they have slower – like, their time is slower, which is weird to think about.
2: No, I think that's I think that's true. But also, like you said, <clears throat> it's mainly about getting in the mix. Yeah. Like, the, the thing was I, – I agree, you know, okay, Fisher was better than his PRs last year, whatever. Fisher wasn't in the mix for medals last year. Like, you cannot convince me anyone thought he was – like, I think fifth was like – the best Holy crap! Grant the Fisher yeah. finished fifth. Like yeah. that was great, right? Yeah. That was a great result. Like now he is unquestionably in the mix. You you have, you know, you could make the argument. Oh, he is the the outside puncher's chance at gold. Like that's yeah. at least on the table. I don't think he's going to win the gold medal, but like he is unquestionably in the mix for medals. Mm-hmm. Where that just wasn't the case last year. Like no one thought he was.
1: Yeah, that was an overperformance, and then now if he, that's the expectation. Right, you're setting that as the baseline because you're saying, "Oh yeah, absolutely, metal favor." Yeah, yeah. I just want to see. I really want to see him in a like a, a deep competitive race internationally. Yeah, pre, and I think Olympics, we will. Like I'm I, no, saying. I
2: totally agree. I think we need you know whatever it's pre or you know some other like great diamond league like th- he there's we should obviously see him in a good five or ten k like and I can't wait. Yeah, and I, you know yeah if he gets in there with three of those five guys you mentioned. Yeah. That's going to be phenomenal to watch, and I like. I'm really intrigued. But you know, he's he's been like this is like what his like second, or his third year being a pro, basically. Like so, he's mm-hmm. he's still like kind of in the early stages, and yeah. You know, the yeah. crazy thing is that there's a ton of guy, not uh, a good amount of guys who could run twenty six thirty, which is just you know, kind of insane to say.
1: Yeah. Well, things get even messier in the five, which is why I think his best shots in the in the ten.
2: I think it's yeah, I think it's the ten for sure. But I, I think in the five, you know, it's. You're right. It's it's even. It is messier for sure. Um, well, you just I'm sure bring he'll in, try to run both, but maybe 10. Yeah, I think ten's the the move.
1: 10 was better for him at the Olympics. 10 has the better, you know, he's got the better PR. And then you go to the five, even United States-wise, you're thinking, you know, Chalimo's still in there. He's pretty good. He's yeah. He's pretty good at that championship style racing. And then you have the potential Jakob double. You still you have guy still there. Kip-Limo could all those same guys in the 10 could still be there mixed in with the Fifteen hundred meter guys, and obviously someone like Ahmed is going to be a presence. He's better than the five, usually, yeah. Yeah, the Spanish guys are running well, McCall and Katir and you know McSwain. I don't know. It's yeah, it's. I thought he might get it because I thought that's the reason why they were going to go to that meet. I because he already had the standards. I said, well, what's the what's the deal here? Why is he doing this? And then very clearly when you saw the pace, it's like, all right, when they're talking about the pacing lights like going out at that reps 2644 okay well this is gone but i didn't think
2: and the way you finished 2633 too was was impressive
1: yeah it was a 58 on the close off of off of a lot of 64s i think i think to the um the way they always just go a little bit up from what you think like in these time trials like I would have thought of met all right, low twelve fifties or whatever in that thing, and then he goes forty seven. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, or like Woody Kincaid, You're like oh, Woody Kincaid's gonna have a breakthrough. It's like, is he gonna run? Been runs twelve fifty seven, and that was the one where was it Lamong and Centro under thirteen in that race.
2: Like it's oh, just, yeah, yeah, it's a... yeah.
1: they have the ability to to, to surprise you in part because you never you don't see them that much, so when they do show up, it's it's something to watch. And then on the women's side of things, same thing. Bowerman. With Elise Cranny. I mean, she yeah. almost almost breaks the women's American record. We don't have a song for that, but <laughs> runs 30-14 and didn't have as much help as Fisher. I mean, Fisher had Kincaid going very late into this race plus the presence of Ahmed. Cranny did not have that at all and and just missed it. She was the star of the show. I mean, she wins by what, 46 seconds, 45 seconds Yeah, that was, on this field. She's on another level, too. Now, but the thing with her, when you talk about medals, it's just... Yeah, it's brutal. Women's 10 and women's 5 are just so tough.
2: Yeah, you definitely need something kind of a little weird to happen for that to open up. Um, And there was that weird thing with the with the pacing light that... There was yeah. some confusion there. She, I mean, she might have thought she had it, and then because, you know, she finished ahead of the pacing light, but apparently... The pacing light was thirty sixteen pace and Yeah. I don't know. But either way, a great you know, run. I, I think she not you'll get a ton of chances at ten K's, but like if she wants it, she'll eventually take that record. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, doing it basically by herself, you know, for for a good portion is you know, she she's she's really good, but it's just that yeah, that women's ten, the, the 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 high end is brutal.
1: So both Fisher and Cranny went to Stanford after really impressive high
2: school careers.
1: And they were both good in college, right? Like Fisher, you know, he won a title and Cranny's always in the mix. Um, and now they're just – I don't think anybody thought, though, they'd be this good. It's But like if you saw their high school times, you'd be like, okay, oh, hey, how good are these people? Are these people going to be breaking American records when they're 25? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then if you asked the same question when they were 22, you probably would have said, no, maybe not.
2: Oh, for sure. yeah. is I mean, weird. It's, I don't know. it's
1: like they had the, the talent the whole time. I don't know. It's
2: Yeah, and sometimes like, you know, I mean obviously we see some insane, some people run some insane times at 19 and they get yeah. a little bit jaded. And it's like, no, some people just actually don't peak, don't like start peaking until like they're early, you know, early to mid-20s. Like that's... Mm-hmm. That's also a normal progression, um, but then you know you, you you just see some of the Kenyans, uh, Jakob, like all these different people who are like just running impossibly fast times, and you get these other you know people who are hey they go to one year of college and it's like okay well they're clearly not getting challenged here Well, that was not the case with Fisher he was no you know not at all um, he was a very, he was a very like I said good college runner but he wasn't above everybody else there and I think. Yeah, and I think it just kind of speaks to that like sometimes just different different level of peaking. Sometimes you get those people who who uh, show up a little later.
1: Yeah, and they didn't go to the well entirely in in college. Uh, they left they left something, you know, later on, um, that they were able to tap into. But yeah, the like Fisher Breaking Four in high school. You know, okay. You combine that level of talent with this level of development all right twenty six thirty three okay makes sense, yeah like it, it kind of makes makes sense, yeah, it.
2: and it's but it's like the amount of sub four high school runners now it's like I'm not putting twenty six thirty on on most of their futures because we know how often it doesn't work out, you know
1: no, I'm saying, I guess it's like you you think of it this way, you don't need breaking four minutes in the mile isn't gonna guarantee you twenty six thirty three but if you want to run twenty six thirty three, yeah, probably were pretty yeah. fast when you were young. It was just probably not all the time, but probably like you have. He had that in him, is what I'm. That level. Of no, player. no, absolutely. And if remembering right, he mostly played. I mean, he ran in high school, obviously, but he was a, he was a soccer guy. So I don't think he trained. Like he wasn't one of those like hundred mile week in high school. Type and that's of
2: that's part you know of it. some of those guys. Yeah, that's a big reason you don't peak until you know. Yeah few years later like you're you're just starting to like get that huge base of running and then it takes those few extra years
1: yeah all right anything else from the 10
2: no but man well done the 10
1: (laughs) tokyo good job the 10 good job uh how about mondo duplantis um oh can we play the world record song let's play the world record song after that long discussion we need a break yes music time
0: Let's a world record the likes of which has never been seen it's a world record highest fastest farthest a human's ever achieved wouldn't believe if i told you go to youtube and i'll show Will it say world record? The facts of which has never been seen. Will it say world record? Highest, fastest, farthest humans ever achieved. Will it say world record? Will it say
1: world record? All right, Mondo, who? More on a first name basis with him.
2: Wait, just real. The, I think everything that needs to be said about Mondo is that he set a world record, and we're talking about it on the fifty-fourth minute of the show.
1: <laughs> is that is that indicative of Mondo or Kipchoge? I,
2: I think it's. I mean, it's both for sure, because obviously Mondo would lead most shows, but it's also like, oh, Mondo finally like got that world record. He's been he almost got thirty eight times this year. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. Like he's. You know he's already the goat, and it's just it's it's insane.
1: What? So you were not uh, you were not surprised that after what did he say? He said he had fifty attempts at it, or something like
2: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I've tried six nineteen
1: fifty times. That's what. uh, That's
2: what. But he's... at the same time, I remember when he said that, I was thinking, I was like, well, yeah, like in the pole vault, don't you usually just try your PR like fifty times? Like that's a very common thing. Unless you're just constantly pring like every other meet, you're going to hit that plateau of like. You talking about practice, practice, or even meets? Like oh yeah yeah yeah. You get to that point where you're like your last, your last vaults. Yeah. Okay. Say whether it's you know whether it's a world record or whether you're going for five eighty for the first time. You know like or like trying to get that, and that's how you end every one of those is like oh three more attempts at five a I didn't get it, and then you know if you don't p r for two years you you kind of did it for fifty times,
1: yeah, I think this has to this is including practice because we've seen i mean he's done a lot of six nineteens but not i don't think it's fifty this year,
2: probably not no, yeah, but
1: no it was a long time coming he was close for a long time and he gets the breakthrough, so what does he have? Six his outdoors is just six fifteen though, so he needs to up that. I think.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, he just keeps going. Like, I, I, it's for him. It's all just like, hey, what's the what's the cap? I honestly, I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but it's just it's amazing. Like, he's just going to keep checking off these world records, get his you know bonus from his sponsor or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. then okay 620 let's give this a shot and I, i just it's it's amazing like I, I i don't know what the cap is well
1: outdoors he's got the world record as i mentioned but sergey Bobka has number two three four five and six.
2: Ooh, okay Mondo, so he, yeah, well, mondo's to, tied with him for six
1: but then Bobka goes eight nine and ten so i think he looks at that list and there's plenty to motivate him there and if he can go 19 i mean we're gonna see 620 soon this isn't gonna stop for a while
2: that's yeah that's what i mean like where i just where does it end um what do you but think? But you're right. He, if you had he's going to gonna, he's gonna clean up that list like, you know, a Miss Pac Man leaderboard. Like, he's just <laughs> going to, like, try to put his initials all over the place.
1: What do you think that his career uh, best performance will end up being?
2: Oh, man. That's a great question. Um, he's 22 right now. Uh, 625. It's mm. a good line. Let's get over under. Yeah, somewhere around. I mean, it's like. I don't know. You you could probably convince me of higher if you if someone really wanted to sell it to me. Some some good this really good pole vulture fan who knew what was going on.
1: This only this much, Jason.
2: Yeah, I'm showing you like, that it's five centimeters. Yeah, it's like exactly like so. It's like yeah. Could he go higher than that? Like I couldn't be shocked if five years from now we're like yeah he's going for six twenty eight. Like okay, I guess. Yeah, those numbers. No, it seems it seems insane because he's already yeah gapping, you know everybody else. Yeah. Like everybody else in history, not just his competition. So it's but it's it's amazing.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's go to emails. Yeah, to run at gmail.com is the email address. Uh let's go to Brian email for me from Raleigh in Pennsylvania, but now from Boulder. Drink. Who can tell you anything you need to know about Raleigh, by the way. If anybody goes to Raleigh, you need to hit up Brian so he'll tell you where to go. Is Sean McGordy a 10K guy too? He didn't make the steeple team. See, this is what I like about Brian's email, he knows that we would have talked about Fisher to death. Yeah. And he's just, like, skips right to Sean McGordy. <laughs> he didn't make the <laughs> steeple team last year. He has good speed. Is his best shot at making the U.S. team in the 10. The awesome thing about putting the 10 a few weeks before the rest of the U.S. champs is that it allows people to double, especially people that normally wouldn't have doubled. We will likely see McGordy at the 10,000 and then double back for another event a few weeks later. Yeah, that is true. They're doing the 10,000 the weekend of pre. So... Which now that I think about it means none of those people can run it pre. So like Grant Fisher's not gonna run it pre, which would be one of the places where I'd want to see him run a fast five K. Anyway, all right. Um mm, yeah, Jack Rayner. Yeah. Jack Rayner, third in the twenty seven fifteen, new Aussie record by seven seconds. His last three laps were sixty, sixty and sixty one. Based on his last several laps, it seems like he might have a little more left in the tank. We don't have an Aussie record song, but congrats to Jack Rayner. With how meticulous Bowerman is about everything they do, I was pretty surprised that the wave light technology was set for thirty sixteen for the women's race and not thirty thirteen, the actual American record. Maybe at least would have gotten the record if the lights were correct. That is Brian. I saw afterwards. Meet director Jesse Williams posted about how like that was the time they came up with after like consulting with coaches and pacers and all this other stuff. But
2: it makes no sense at all.
1: It doesn't really, especially because you can set you can have multiple lights out there too, and the lights can negative split. Um. So I don't know – because you have to figure that if that if they got to that point, it was only going to be like one person and that person would be – That's going. what I mean.
2: Yeah. It's not like, well, we have a big contingent at 3017, but there's only going to be one person at 3012. Like it's like no. Like, yeah. What you, like, you could have just had it speed up. Like
1: so the lights just to get more positive PR could have just – like you could have had the lights close really quick. So then the lights cross the line at the American record spot without it. Or you could have just had it go a tick faster the entire time and it'd be 3013 instead of 3016. I didn't know. Did, they neg- did the lights negative split? I don't know what they were set for. I know you can do that.
2: I did not. Like, I didn't even realize you could do that. Can you adjust the lights mid race? I don't think you can do that. Okay, good. Because that, be, yeah, that would be. The lights can also get do.
1: angry too. The lights oh, are absolutely. also yeah. They can become sensitive. Going to take over. Yes, exactly. Um all right, let's keep going here. We got one from oh wait, no, Brian did email about Grant Fisher. <laughs> Never mind. That's why I don't like all Brian's email. Just kidding. <laughs> I call like him. He says is he a 10K guy now? Yeah, he's a 10k guy. He said I think he has a better medal chance than the 10 than the five. What's crazy is that 2633 doesn't even make him a lock for the medal with guys like Borrego, Chapter Guy, and Kip Lima. That being said, given that it's a world championship on U.S. soil, I bet Grant finds a way to get a silver. There's the pick. I like that pick. Okay, so we used to say that the, 10, 000, or the 1500 was the time when your PR mattered the least in terms of predictions. Mm. I think that might have changed based on how the 1500 is run. I'll definitely take yeah. a 328 person over a 331 person. Which means I think my new pick for least relevant PR, is, I'm just going to go to the longest distance on the track. And I think it would yeah, be the 10,000.
2: That's the one that makes the most sense for sure. <laughs> um, and it probably has changed, you know, depending on the fields. Yeah, it's changed over the years. Like when the uh, a few years ago when the Men's 15 was one of the more boring events in track and field and it was run yeah. stupidly. <laughs> sorry, it was just dumb to watch. Then, yeah, PRs didn't matter at all. Um, your 400 PR mattered. If you were uh, a fifteen hundred guy, but your actual fifteen hundred PR didn't matter, uh, but yeah, now it's different. Yeah, I agree. It's it's probably got to be the ten just by default. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to say the two hundred actually is the least <laughs> relevant.
1: It actually, might be based on who ends up in the finals. All right, oh, another one from we got another one from another Brian. This is Brian from Conshohocken, PA. Yeah, home of
2: the Fun Fest. The it's yeah Conchahawk and Funfest yeah yeah I thought of the brewery with the frog riding the the old timey bike yeah yep 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 yep.
1: Uh, when do you guys plan on being in Eugene for this year's championships he's talking about world championships I assume feels early to ask but it is not so far away I have tickets for the night session on day 5 on July 19th cue the looking up the schedule music I would argue it's the best day of competition but let us listeners know if there will be any house of run gatherings during the week of the championships I'm hoping to book flights and lodgings soon thanks I did look up the schedule. He is right. I think day five might be the best, or the I mean the last day because you got everything. Everything's a final, but day five is pretty good. You got men's formula hurdles and 1500 final. It's going to be good. Um, that's all. It's all TBD. Uh, but if we're there, we'll do stuff for sure. Um, my goal is to be there the whole time. And I think Jason, your goal is to be there at least part of the time, correct?
2: Yes, yeah, I definitely want to go. I, I I can't. I don't know if I can commit to the entire thing, but I, I I want to be there for sure.
1: Yeah, I think you'll want to be there for day five if you're there.
2: Yeah, and I, I 100% uh, if I'm going there, yeah, we I want to do a meetup and you know hang out with everybody. So yeah, so we we'll keep everyone posted on that and you know sync up whatever. Yeah, whatever we're gonna do.
1: Yeah, so don't worry about uh, which particular days because we'll we'll do some. I mean, you might miss. If I'm going, I'm going to be there the whole time is what I'm saying. So either you're going to, you're going to, get, we're going to get a chance to do the meetup or I'm never there and you never had a chance anyway. <laughs> but uh, the, the exact specifications are still TBD because this is an in-demand event as you, can, as you can imagine. But last time we went for some runs. We went out to eat. Uh, Jason did stand-up. I'm hoping all three of those things are possible <laughs> this time, particularly the stand-up.
2: And real quick, I said about a frog ride an old-timey bike. That is not accurate. It is an old-timey bike, but it's a dude in a bowler hat with a beer. What I was picturing was this old board game we had called Hugger Mugger, and it's a frog riding an old-timey bike. I just needed to get that wow. off mm. my, uh you know, after I Googled uh, Concha Hawk and beer. Uh, oh. That's, I, I realized I was wrong.
1: Speaking of Conchahawken, though, I just bought my flight to the Penn Relays. So oh,
2: nice.
1: I'll be in PA for that, and I'm going to. I'm going to see if I can uh, make a, a tour to Contohokken and, mm, and just uh, sample the local fair out there. I did. It was close, right? Didn't we think it was close to
2: Philadelphia? I think so. I was just trying to remember what it was, but
1: yeah. <clears throat> if the Sixers are in the playoffs, I'm just going boo. That's what I'm going to do.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Boo. Oh, okay. Here we go. From Patricia in Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina. Hey, guys. I'm a rower who runs to cross train. Nice. And because water freezes in the winter, and on this week's pod, Kevin asked if rowing has pacers. No, it definitely does not. Remember, we were trying to figure out if other sports had pacers. Yeah,
2: no, absolutely.
1: I was a bit facetious when I said, does rowing have pacers? But she wrote a serious email, and I like this. Major rowing regattas, Olympics, world champs, NCAAs are side-by-side two-kilometer races in straight lanes separated by buoys. It's not quite as dumb an idea as having a pacer in the 200 run, <laughs> but at least rowing races last five to eight minutes. Two, conditions are, much, are a much bigger factor in rowing. Choppy water would be the equivalent of showing up to the track for a 5K and finding out they decided that your race was going to be, be cross-country instead. Wind also matters a lot, and water current can even vary by lane by lane within a course three, most rowing races are done in team boats and it's hard to row fast with random people. You would need to train up a group of eight random guys plus a decent coxswain to lead them to, ha- uh, to, le- to let them, excuse me, have a chance. And then four other guys for the next race, and then two others for the next one, etc. Four. we don't have sprint specialists because all major races are at least two kilometers looking forward to Kevin hearing Kevin pronounce coxswain. I think I did it. Isn't that how you do it? C O X S W A N Coxon? I
2: didn't know if it was Coxswain or Coxswain. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I wasn't I, I, I think
1: I'm right. I think my sister rode for a little bit, so I think Oh I'm okay,
2: right. so you got it. By the Let's way like, I'm about to click the little speaker thing on Google. Okay, do it. Yep, you were right. Cool. Well done.
1: Would you ever consider rowing?
2: Uh yes. I, I actually like I mean you know, I'm sure I would just, my body would fall apart if I, if I attempt it now. But like <clears throat> that, I, I feel like that, that would have been a cool sport to try. I feel like it's a big like East coast thing and yeah, it just does yeah. not exist on the West coast at all. It's like, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, lacrosse. Like it wasn't like a West coast thing, I feel like for a longest time. And then it, yeah, I mean, I think it's moved over now, but it was just one of those that seems to be, uh, yeah, yeah, I think on the East coast.
1: Well, like California, like they do Sacramento, they got a spot where they do it. And the L.A. schools and college do it. But, yeah, Las Vegas, certainly there wasn't much rowing going on. Um, so, like, a jet ski wouldn't work as a rabbit, I'm guessing. Too choppy.
2: <laughs> but that's where you need See, that's that's the next level you have to take it. See if people can, can keep their stuff together while yeah somebody's doing backflips on a jet ski.
1: Also, uh, Nick texted me and said, what was his? Hold on. He had one. Um Sometimes people text me about the show, and I don't know the context for it, and I get really confused before I realize it's like a show. What the heck? Why won't this come up? Ugh. I think he said it was like track cycling or something. There's like an electric bike or something that passes. Hmm. Yeah, track cycling has a motorized pacer. I think I'm. I think I'm understanding this text correctly. I should have. Should have followed up. Uh, all right. So yeah, rowing. I just the thing about rowing is just like they do it at like four in the morning. It's crazy. And then they go forever.
2: Like they go out for yeah, f- oh, these it's four
1: paid. hour things. It's I guess it's kind of analogous to to cycling in that way.
2: But it's an incredible I mean like workout. I like I can't imagine the
1: You said it would hurt your body. Isn't it good for your body? There's no impact.
2: Well, I mean like just the <clears throat> Dude, dandy. I I hurt my body doing anything. Like I wake up sore from sleeping. Um,
1: Bend your knees and stuff. I guess. Yeah,
2: and I feel like just maybe my back. I don't know. Like, but I know it's a great workout, and I'm sure it would be good for me to actually do. But I'm yeah.
1: I'm a I'm a I'm
2: so far past my prime, Kevin. I can't do this stuff anymore. The machine
1: doesn't look that fun. What looks fun is going out there with other people.
2: Oh, I would do it. Like, yeah. If if randomly I was in Conshohocken and they were like, hey, <laughs> we're going. They don't. If we're doing this I'd be like yeah let's let's go wait where is she she's a wait no she's from Charlotte but is she I, used
1: to wait did she still row in Charlotte oh I don't know yeah okay she says I'm a rower who runs the cross train what do you row in Charlotte I guess I, guess I need is
2: a some body of water right
1: it's what they say usually yeah I don't I guess I don't know the um in Sacramento they use a dam and it's good I heard it's really good because it's to do competitions there in the spot in Sacramento because it's so wide, you got to be able to fit all the boats in it, and it's mm. obviously needs to be still, as she's mentioning. But <clears throat> okay, uh, Marshall, yeah, from St. Louis. For me, bio. Obviously, there are many Drink. more important items to worry about as it relates to the war in Ukraine. But as we prepare for outdoor championships, what are the events? I.e., women's high jump, which we missing medal favorites and Russian athletes. Aren't able to compete, assuming, of course, that the powers that be at Earth Sports prevent Russian athletes from competing. Also, are there any potential Ukrainian medalists who would be unable to participate? That's much. I don't know about the latter. I, I know that they did, They, you know, every sport is banning Russia. Now, track had already banned Russia for other That's, reasons, but they're banning the ANA athletes. So, yeah, you're, you're thinking women's high jump, you're thinking women's pole ball, mostly um, of that group that was already approved, uh, you know, like Shubankov, I guess. Um, I was thinking about like, and then just, you feel, I mean, it's just terrible for the athletes, you know, in Ukraine who are going through all the two. I remember a couple of years ago, I don't know if the, if they're like, there was a Syrian high jumper. And I know sometimes those athletes, you know, they're obviously relocated, but just to like, to compete with all that going on, in your life in your family's life and your friends and relatives and stuff is just, it's, it's difficult to fathom how that, how that all can work. Um, so I don't, I don't know specifically about the Ukrainian athletes, but yeah, they're not letting any of the ANA athletes compete in, uh, in Serbia at the world indoors. And I mean, I would assume this is going to, ex- well, hopefully it doesn't extend to outdoors, but I would assume that, you know, if the situation doesn't change that it, that it does. Right. I also was thinking about, this is a kind of completely random philosophical thing, but I was thinking about, you know, the whole idea of like sports is supposed to be a you know, respite from conflict, right. In the Olympics, it's when people laid down their arms and competed against each other. And I was thinking, you know, of course about 72 Olympics, right. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if in, if you thought, in a current olympics if something like that happened if there was a, you know this big event where you know literal athletes were killed like would they continue because you think back on it it's kind of like it's nuts remarkable like, that they just like went on with it but then you could also see today them coming to the same conclusion cuz it's like all right you don't want that that group that person whatever to stop the competition cuz you know they win right that's the whole idea of it Right, yeah, and in, in, in a lot of people's thought process, but also just like the mentality of those athletes, and I don't know if the response to it would be different in the two thousand twenties or beyond. You know, God forbid this ever happens again, than it was in the seventies.
2: That's a great point. I yeah, I yeah, I, I mean, would I not be know. the one to want to make that decision. That's the main. Like that's so like. No matter what, like I, 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 whatever you want to argue, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I have no, ugh, it's just a terrible, terrible situation, obviously. And yeah, I mean, hopefully it it get, gets better soon. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I just don't. I mean, what? How many? How many? I mean, just that thing stretched on too, right? I mean, it was a whole day. That, I mean, it wasn't just like a one time thing, right? There was the. <laughs> The siege and all that stuff i was just it was like it's almost surreal to like think back on that and i, I don't know it, like because everybody says like we're more divided now than than back then and if that's the case you could see the whole thing just getting torn apart based on something like this right um marshall always making us think yeah always making us think um what do we got next here? Let's go. Oh wait, do you have to go by the way? We have 3 more, but yeah, I think you have to go, right? Should we save these? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> let's
2: uh Yeah, I, I could do I could do one more. You go know, finish it off.
1: All right, we got we have a voicemail from chief. Um We can save that one. We got Van us just see who's came in first. Vanessa, we got one about hyphenated names, but it didn't come in. Cameron's came in first by three days. So we're gonna go Cameron. Next week for for everybody else. Uh Cam- it's only a couple, so we're only missing a couple. Uh blame Jason and his like dinner plans or whatever he's got going <laughs> on over there. Cameron, formerly from Northern California, currently from further Northern California. Drink. To piggy to piggyback off of uh, the ride in on painful races and your guys' is a great point of just dropping out of a bad race. I give you my own experience where that was literally the last thing that I had thought of. To set the scene, it was my freshman year of college, and I had just come off a big PR to run a decent time of 15.30 in the 5K, two weeks before a conference championship meet. Uh, My coach gave me probably the most convincing pep talk in human history the night before the race, telling me that I can podium and set a big PR, even though the top seeds ran over a minute faster than my PR and were nationally ranked. Anyways, I take this possibly a little too literally and stay with the lead pack for the first mile to set a new mile PR in the first mile of a five game. Oh, no. Really obviously – reality obviously hits, and I feel the worst pain that I've ever felt in my life, both emotionally and physically. I almost got overlapped twice by the leaders who were literally laughing mid-race because of how bad I died. I go for a cup of water from an official. I choke and shoot water from my nose. Finishing off the race, I didn't even break seven minutes in the mile and had the most embarrassing and painful race of my life. Now that I have your advice, if I ever if a run even goes half as bad as this, I will just drop out. That's Cameron.
2: That's brutal. <clears throat> I I mean I, I agree that like I, if I was in his position at the same time, there's almost no chance I would have dropped out. And I mean you like I said, you should have, like, instead of subjecting yourself to that much pain and stuff. But yeah. I respect you for finishing. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's brutal.
1: I'm telling you. We talked before about the pros' PRs being misleading because they run races where they aren't going full bore the whole way. They also drop out of more races than high school or college runners do. Right? Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, it's it's weird. The sport is inverted because the pros know when they don't have it. Pros are racing for money. They're not going to waste a bunch of time and energy if it's not going to go their way. And they have an incredibly high bar for success. When you're running in high school or in college especially early on in your college career dnf is the last thing you want to do it's yes a sign of complete failure but in this case he should have taken that mile pr and been like sweet <laughs> i did it or maybe wait till he's clearly out of it which sounds like it wouldn't have taken much longer to figure out and then say awesome now i know what that pace feels like
2: yeah you know what maybe i'm not quite there yet
1: I want to hear stories about pep talks that actually worked.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Or, and, and more bad, more brutal race stories too. I'm sorry, I enjoy them. I, I think, you know, afterwards you can laugh at them because it's like, oh man, that was a bad idea. It was, uh. Yeah. you know, tough in the moment, but you know, it's, it's good to reflect on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Noah from Oregon was right when he said, you know, you remember the bad ones sometimes more than the the good ones. And I obviously remember, the, I mean, I've told the me falling down story like seven times on the spot. So... <laughs> the first thing i do when i talk to somebody and on the topic of dnfs i still have a funny back and forth with one of my training partners from college because he would just dnf tempo runs all the time like he just could never he could never figure it out it was like a he on long runs he's the type of guy you'd want to have any run really He was always so dependable always show up would finish the run but just something about tempo runs just never clicked and something would go wrong and we'd be doing a six mile, like a three miles out, three miles back. And then he DNF at three and have to walk back and like he's coming back and it's dark or something. It's I just, love it it was always just a bad, bad scene, but we still joke about it to this day. And even like his DNFs in race, like I don't think he DNF that much in races. It was just these tempo runs just like would not, would not work for him. So that, I think you want to try to finish. But in terms of racing, yeah, there's no there's no shame in it. Especially when it's just – there's no extra points for suffering, which is right. what Cameron did. I mean there's a great story with it. But at a certain point, like once you have one good story – you need, you only need one good DN, uh, non uh, – I finished when I shouldn't have story. Then after that, you can just – yeah, just pack it in. Like, do you yeah. know how many DNS Paquela has? Oh, I don't God. know,
2: but yeah, and he's still, you know, considered the goat by many. Yeah, it's
1: it's an option. I'm not saying abuse it. I'm just saying no. it's an option.
2: If things, if everything goes wrong, it's okay.
1: Yeah, and it's okay to jump into a race with a goal of, like, I should have def. There was races at Oregon when I was on the club team, but I, we were running against. Superior compet- – I, I would just say we were because some people were actually really good. I wasn't. Where I was running with competition that was so far above me that the best – the most I could have gotten out of myself or the best use of that time in that race probably would have been doing something where I could use the competition to my advantage and then bail. Like right. the, the Like I was talking about the – now this was an extreme example because – Galen Rupp was in the race, and they were cruising, but they were still running, whatever, two minutes faster than me. So I couldn't have even kept up for an 800. So that's like – I'm not talking about that. That, just do your own thing. But if the gap is smaller, I don't – like, what's going to help you develop more? Is it that or is it running by yourself for 12 and a half laps on a track, which you could do at home?
2: Right. Yeah, roll the dice, give it a shot.
1: It's not going to work, but <laughs> – just kidding. Uh, OK. House gmail.com is the email address. Um, thanks everybody for writing in. We'll get to the folks who uh, we didn't get to this week, just a couple with Chiefs voicemail as well. Um, oh, actually next week. Well, we got to talk about next week. might be a weird schedule next week. The we NCAA indoors coming up this week. And then we got World Indoors next week. But I got some scheduling stuff. We'll figure it out. There'll be some pod, hopefully. If not, stay tuned.
2: All right. I'll talk (laughs) to you guys later. Jessica Ennis The Reign of Kipchoge continues.